Welcome back to my love letter time machine. Hi, I'm Ingrid Birchall Hughes, and I'm serialising the love letters of my great-great-grandparents, Fred Shepard and Janie Warburton. Travel 140 years back in time with me now, where we take a look at Victorian history through their eyes. And today, an industrial accident involving a crane takes place at the North Eastern Steelworks. And we take a look at the history of the adoption of the telephone in Victorian Britain. Back in Middlesbrough, we have some distressing news. Workers at the Northeastern Steelworks were seriously injured in an industrial accident due to the failure of a crane. As reported here in the Northern Weekly Gazette for Saturday, 30th September 1882. Accident at the Northeastern Steelworks, Middlesbrough. About half past six o'clock on Monday evening, two men named Richard Goody, 38 years of age, of 42 Carter Street, and James Booth, 36 years old, of 126 Marsh Road, met with a serious accident under the following circumstances. The two men were engaged, with the assistance of a travelling crane, in lifting a large tied plate weighing 17 tonnes from a railway truck. The crane and rails all came down together, and some portion of the wreck fell on Goody's leg, breaking it and knocking out several of Booth's teeth and severely bruising him about the head and face. The injured men were at once removed to the infirmary. It would appear that our Fred was responsible for getting Mr Cooper, who was currently in London, to return to Middlesbrough to deal with the situation, which is mentioned in his next, and he's been busy selecting furniture for their new home. Oil Exchange, Middlesbrough, the North Eastern Steel Company Limited, September the 28th, 1882. My own darling wife, I received your long letter this morning, for which I thank you, love. I am pleased that you like the idea of keeping some cake for our wedding anniversaries, my darling. I trust we may have many of them. If the collars do not turn up, I shall certainly inquire for them. My coat did hang behind the door, with the letters in. I have since locked them up. I counted them last night, love. There were about a 160 for the 10 months. Pretty regular and constant work that, my darling. I think the stamp account will show a considerable falling off when we're married. I think there was nothing to pay on the chamber service, love. I was not in when it came. Mrs Snaith asked the man if there was anything to pay and he said he did not know. But yesterday, when he brought the portmanteau and boxes, he said there were seven shillings. Mrs Snaith did not pay it, but told me about it. I don't think there should be anything to pay. I believe the man was trying it on. The boxes received yesterday seem to be all right, but one of the straps of the portmanteau is broken. Was it so when it left Sheffield, love? It was tied up with string. I will give you a little information when sending any more boxes, love. Always get them to stick one of their labels on. They are always more careful when they are labelled with the railway label. Besides, I don't think they are responsible unless so labelled. Of course, there will be the address label as well. I'm glad to hear that you would not mind the starching and ironing, darling. I wish you were here to do it, love, now. I should be quite satisfied, but it only wants a fortnight, love. A fortnight, just fancy, and the day we have looked forward to for four years, love, will have come. I feel so thankful, my darling, that I have been able to offer you a comfortable home. You know that you'll have a loving husband, 
and I hope a considerate one. I have locked up the things that you sent up in my box, so they will be safe there, love. I think it is a good plan to pack the things up as you can, so that you will not have to do it all at the last. Is the rocking chair my mother gave you the cane one? I have told O'Donnell I thought you could call before we left. I can quite see Ginny and Carrie may hinder us, love, but our usual good luck may come in as before. It will be awkward, love, if the monthly is early and comes off in the Thursday, but we shall even then make the best of it. I am very pleased you have not had much quizzing, love, about the wedding. I have been to Punch Brothers today, love. I have selected the dinner and bedroom suites and table. I think that is what is intended me to do, love, wasn't it? Shall I have them put in before you come up afterwards, love? I have increased the price of the dining room suite, love, by one pound. That is five shillings on each of the four small chairs. The others were only stuffed. These are springs. I think they will be much nicer. Have I done right, love? I have also picked out a light bedroom suite. Is that right? Mr Punch asked me about the bedstead. Have you arranged anything about this yet, love? Mr Cooper came down to the office works this morning. We had an accident at the works last Monday and telephoned for him to come back at once. The girder broke, which carries the travelling crane, and the crane and everything came down. Several men were hurt, but only two seriously. They were taken to the infirmary. Mr Cooper looks very well, seems much better in health. He asked me very particularly if the secretary and I had got on well during his absence. Of course we have, so he seems satisfied. He also asked me if I had decided when to leave for the event. I told him on the Tuesday afternoon, at which he said, very well, and you must expect me on the Tuesday night. Will Stacy be in Sheffield that day? I thought if he was, and did not leave before six, he might take my portmanteau up to your house. If not, do you think Mr Allen would take it up for me, and I could bring it to the Wellington? Only eleven days, my darling, and then I shall see you. Mr Marston asked if I thought a bread knife and platter would be useful to us. Would you please fill in the address of a Joseph A. Royston as Nottingham Street, Sheffield. You will notice I left it out. Shall I get some window blind rollers as there are none in the house? Did I tell you there are no Venetian blinds to the windows and there is also no inside door? I shall await your letter tomorrow. I remain, my darling wife, your loving true and faithful husband, Fred. Before reading this letter from Fred, it had never occurred to me that the telephone was part of his and Janie's world, and I was rather curious as to how this had come to be. The adoption of the telephone in the late 19th century particularly in the world of industry, was enthusiastic and rapid. Merely two years after Alexander Graham Bell submitted his patent for the telephone in the United States, Queen Victoria permitted Bell to visit Osborne House on the Isle of Wight on the 14th of January 1878, whereupon he demonstrated the very first long-distance calls in Britain to Cowes, London and Southampton. After quickly establishing an exchange in London, the following year the newly formed Telephone Company Limited Bell's Paintings opened exchanges in Birmingham, Bristol, Edinburgh, Glasgow, Liverpool, Manchester and in Sheffield. On the 29th of January 1880, 
the first trunk line was opened in the north of England, between Bradford and Leeds. I have not been able to find out when the Middlesbrough Exchange was installed, but 1879 also saw a demonstration of the telephone to a large assembly in the Borough Hall in the neighbouring town of Stockton. The British government authorised the post office to provide a public telephone service alongside the telegraph in 1881, and this year also saw the formation of the first generation of homegrown telephone companies, with the north of England being covered by the Lancashire and Cheshire Telephonic Exchange Companies in May, and the Northern District Telephone Company by December. It appears that Fred arrived in Middlesbrough a fraction just after the telephone did. They were already a fixture at least in business life, as this article from August 1881 in the Middlesbrough Daily Gazette reports, detailing an upgrade of the latest telephone technology in the offices where Fred worked at the Royal Exchange. It reads, The Gower Bell Telephone in Cleveland. On Monday evening, a successful trial of the Gower Bell Telephone was made between Mr Swan's residence at Upsall Hall, Nunthorpe, and the Cargo Fleet Iron Company's offices in the Royal Exchange, Middlesbrough, with the instruments at Normandy Mines and Cargo Fleet Ironworks. The speaking was well heard, the sound being both full and clear. Being successful with the telephones, the original ABC instruments are now superseded on this circuit. The arrangements were under the charge of Mr Vile, Postal Telegraph Department. Mr Viola, poor man, what an unfortunate name. Anyway, back to Janie, who in her rush seems to have found an extra 10 days in September and dated this letter accordingly. Hansworth, September the 39th, 1882. Excuse the smears in haste. My own darling husband, I'm very busy sewing today, so I shall only be able to give you a little... I promised to call at your house coming back from Mrs. Fleer's. I did, and they are all well, except your mother and Walter, but they are better than they have been. You will have received a sprig of thyme tucked in your portmanteau. Louisa put it in. They think it is a long time since you wrote to them, love. Arthur bought us the meat jack last Saturday. It is a nice brass one. So, love, I shall be able to roast you some meat before the fire, as there is the thing to fix on the chimney piece. I know they don't often roast it that way at Middlesbrough, and it is so much better. I brought our cruet up to our house to back in a box with my clothes. There is only a bowl and the salver to pack now. Miss Butler has brought Annie Laverack's dress home today. It looks very nice indeed. Mine will not be finished until Tuesday week. I do not want it at home until nearer the time. I wish it was over, love, and we were both nicely settled at Middlesbrough. I shall have to see about the blinds tonight. I have not got them yet. I am thinking of getting them at Mrs Allen's. Our John has gone for a drive, with Porter's Travers on his workshop journey. It is a nice day for a drive. I did not tell you there has been a conversation in Darnell Club Rooms to raise funds for a mission room in Pothouse Lane. I did not go, only into the refreshment room with Ginny on Tuesday to speak to Maria. We did not pay anything. Ginny was going to the station. I think the concerts each evening was better than the usual ones by all accounts. I have not time for more. I remain, my darling, your loving true and faithful wife, Janie. Hansworth, September the 30th, 1882. My own darling husband, I received your welcome letter this morning, for which I thank you, love. Our letters have been pretty regular in the ten months. There will be a great falling off in the stamps account. I broke the straps of your portmanteau, love, in fastening it. 
It was very rotten. Louisa and I tied it with string. I will act on your information next time I send any boxes, love. I can hardly realise, my darling, that the day we have looked forward to so long is so near. It will very soon be here now. I do know that I shall have a loving and considerate husband, and you, love, will have a happy wife, and one that loves you dearly. It is the cane rocking chair your mother has given us, so, love, both you and I will have a chair from home. It will fill the other corner in our middle room. You have done quite right, love, in selecting the dining room suite and table, etc. I think it was better to get the sprung chairs instead of the stuffed ones. I have not said anything to mother about buying the bedstead, love, and I would rather not now, as she has bought me so many other things. So I think we will have the Italian one we saw at Punch Brothers. I have some damask for the valances and padding at the back, so love, that will save a pound. It is turning out very wet this afternoon. Ginny and Ellen's Danny Falls were coming up, but I think they will not venture now. It is treat and feast tomorrow. Aramma is going. They have let me off the waiting this afternoon to get on with my sewing. I am glad Mr Cooper seems better in health now he's got back. It was a bad job the accident occurred. How are the men getting on that got hurt seriously? I am glad you and the secretary get on all right, love. I am so glad you are coming on the Tuesday, love. I suppose you will allow me to come and meet you. It will be a glorious meeting after being parted so long, my darling, won't it? For it seems many a month since I saw you. Stacy leaves Sheffield at three o'clock, so could not bring your portmanteau, but Mr Allen, I am sure, will. I will name it to him. Mr. Allen would bring it from the station, love, if you like, as he has to go up with the letters. Teresa Revit told me last night she has bought me the platter, but not the knife. So I don't know what I am to say, love, about Mr. Marston getting the same. You had better get some blind window rollers, love. You did not tell me there was no Venetian blinds, but I thought there was not, as you gave me the measures for all the blinds. I ordered the material last night at Mrs. Allen's. Miss Dalton has written to say she is very sorry but will be obliged to decline my invitation for the 12th, as Miss Graves is away ill and will not be back for some weeks, and Mr and Mrs Elliot are ill. She does not say that she has been ill. And she also says that Ted will not come, she thinks, without her, and wants to know if I am almost ready for the happy event, and she'll try and come and see me before I change my name, as we shall be married women before we meet again. It is your mother's birthday on Monday. Louisa is going to make a little party. I was to go, but cannot because of having the supper. I've received the other dozen cake boxes last night. Mr Allen brought them up from Darnell. I am making the short curtains for our window today. I shall have to give up now, darling. I remain, always, your loving, true and faithful wife, Jamie. P.S. I love you more than ever, my husband. Albert Terrace, Linthorpe Road, Middlesbrough, October the 1st, 1882. My own darling wife, I received your welcome letter yesterday for which I thank you. I do not mind it being short, love, seeing as it is an additional one. I am pleased to hear that mother and little Walter are better and that the others are well. I received the sprig of thyme, but did not think what it was for. I thought it was lavender. I know, love, it, it is a long time since I wrote home. I seem to have no time for nothing just now. I think I shall let you write my letters for me, love, when we are married. I am much obliged to our Arthur for the meat, Jack. It will be a treat to have some roast meat. I have not had any here so far. 
Haven't you left your dress almost too late, love? If she does not get it done on time, it will be awkward. I saw the advertisement and report of the conversazione at Darnell. I suppose it was very good, love. I received your other very welcome letter, darling, this morning. Sunday would be very dreary without your usual letter, love. I see I blamed the railway company without cause over the portmanteau strap, love. I know it was very poor and have got it repaired. I think it will last a long time now. I hope my darling wife will be happy. I do know she loves me very dearly. I am pleased that I have done right in choosing the dining room suite, etc., and will instruct them to deliver on the Friday. I am glad you think I did right in getting the spring chairs, love. Perhaps it would not be right to mention the bedstead to your mother, love, seeing that she has been so good in other ways. I will leave the choosing of that also until you come, darling. I thought it must be about treat and feast time, love. Do you remember the first time that you and I went, love? What an enjoyable walk home, love, we had. I think the men that got hurt are much better, love. I did not hear anything about them yesterday. I am very glad they gave you an opportunity of doing some sewing, love. You will need it all to get it done. I shall be very pleased to allow you to meet me on the Tuesday, darling. What a meeting it will be, my little wife. It does seem a long time since I saw you, love, but it only wants nine days now, wifey. I thought Stacy left Sheffield sooner than six. I shall be much obliged to Mr. Allen if he will bring my portmanteau up with him. You must let me know what he says, darling. I will tell Mr. Marston that we have got the platter, love. I'm going there this afternoon to tea, and then to St. Paul's Church. It is harvest Thanksgiving there. I will get some blind rollers, love, as soon as possible. I wish there were Venetian blinds, love, but it cannot be helped. Marston says they are common, but I do not mind them. I am sorry that Ted and Miss Dalton cannot come. I wonder if he is vexed, because I did not ask him to be best man. Could not ask them all, love, could I? I had forgot all about my mother's birthday, love, but I think it cannot be October the 2nd. I thought it was something in September. It will be the first birthday party I have missed, love. I am glad you received the remainder of the cake boxes all right, love. Have you got the cards yet? If not, I must touch P and brothers up about them. They have finished painting and papering the house, love, and I have paid two pounds towards it. I did not think of paying him for a month, but money is hard to get in Middlesbrough and he assured me he had no money to pay the wages with, so I let him have it. I don't think the gas company have made the gas connection. I shall go and see them tomorrow. I played at football yesterday at Redcar. We won. 2-0. I feel rather stiff today. It rained almost all the time we were playing and was very dull on the promenade. Not at all like red car in the middle of summer. I don't know if Mrs Gordon has got anybody for her front rooms. I must go and see her sometime this week. Have you looked how the trains run, love? I think we shall have to leave Sheffield about four to get here by ten. If we leave by the later train, we do not get here until 12pm, which is very late. I have been thinking if we could get on at Attercliffe, it would be perhaps more convenient, but I don't know. I suppose we shall have a cab from your house to the station, love. Will the furniture come before our marriage, love, or after? Have you made any arrangements about it? It would be the second time of asking this morning, love. Only once more now. I wish it was here, love. I cannot sleep for thinking of it, and you. It will be glorious to be with you always. I shall not have any miserable sleepless nights then, love. I have ordered the sofa to be left-hand. Is that right? You see, the room is like this. And here, Fred has included a tiny drawing of a front room with a bay window, where he's depicted the window to the left and the fireplace to the top of the sketch. The sofa is on the bottom wall opposite the fireplace, and to the right he's marked 
sideboard or piano when we get one, he continues. The firm of lodgers has had its last Sunday dinner together, as Tom is coming to Sheffield to play at football next Saturday and will stay over on the Sunday. Mr Banks expressed his sorrow that I was going to join the Army of Martyrs, in which sorrow I of course joined. I have been wondering how I am going to get up at seven o'clock to make the fire, for 8.30 has been more our time lately. I expect that will come in good time. I love you, my darling, more than ever, and will always remain your loving true and faithful husband, Fred. So that was the first letter of October, and in the following eight days, Fred and Janie send to each other a total of nine letters, which means next time we'll be in that frantic final week before the wedding. It's also interesting that Fred and Janie are both now starting to reflect in their letters that the time of writing to each other is coming to an end. I must confess that even as I look at the ever-dwindling pile of letters in front of me, I'm feeling quite emotional. I am recording this particular episode on Thursday 12th of October 2023, exactly 140 years to the day of their wedding. I know I called this podcast My Love Letter Time Machine, but clutching these last few letters in my hand, how could Fred and Janie be so far away? I know them so well now. I don't want the letters to end. I don't want this journey to end. I think I feel a little like Janie's parents and friends must have done, to be preparing for that wedding knowing that afterwards she'll be getting on a train to Middlesbrough, off to live happily ever after with Fred, without me. Thank you so much for listening to my love letter time machine. I'd very much like to get the podcast up the charts a bit more. So if you haven't already, can I ask you to leave a review on your podcast app if there is space to do so? It really helps with the algorithm. I'm still putting excerpts of Fred and Janie's letters on Instagram at my love letter time machine, all one word. And you are more than welcome to write to me at my love letter time machine at gmail.com. Until next time, take care. <laughs>